Hello, and welcome back to the second section of Book 2 of the Gazor podcast. My name is Will Hollowell, and I am the author and narrator of this podcast. This book is entitled What Ellie Saw. Now, if you remember, my friends, in the last section of this book, we left Ellie and Jeremy as they got in their car to return home. Ellie had grown quite suspicious of the things she had seen in the mall, especially that stringy-haired guy named Vern. Just what was up with that weirdo? Anyway, with all of the goings-on in her own adventure to the mall, Ellie had forgotten about Doug and Sebastian as they took Chico Lido away from the Fizz and headed home for the first time. And that's where we pick up our story in this episode. Now, I realize that this section is a bit longer than usual, but it's the most exciting of all. The chaos is beginning to grow and grow and grow. But before we get into part one of this second section, let me say that if you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes, it would be best if you go back. I think you might be lost if you don't. All that being said, let's continue on with book two, What Ellie Saw. Two. Doug. Before there was ZZZ, the baseball game, Zack the dog, Andale, stuffing, the cowboy hat, the torn up couch, swinging from the ceiling fan, the garden, directing traffic, Ellie in trouble, there was this. That mess in the ice cream store was just that, a huge goopy mess, and all I could hope was that the store owner didn't get too mad or that maybe he would forget my name altogether. Yeah, <laughs> fat chance. Still, I didn't have much time to worry about that kind of thing. I had to get Sebastian home and think of how to explain to my mom exactly what I was thinking buying him that creature. Now, if I were lucky, she would treat it like it were a new puppy. I was afraid I would get the standard parent lecture about how feeding it and taking care of it was going to be my responsibility when Sebastian stopped caring about it. But that wasn't my biggest concern. No, as a boy of 19, all I was worried about was when I should call Ellie. The rest would be easy. <laughs> or so I thought. We left the ice cream store and the rest of the trip was peaceful and quiet. At least it all seemed so to me. Sebastian had finally fallen asleep and the creature, he snored. Z z z. I was exhausted from all of the day, the mall and the events that followed. I'm not really sure how we got in that mess, but more would just not be allowed. At least I like to hope that it wouldn't. But sadly, that's just not the truth. The creature had many more things up his sleeve, all painful as a really sore tooth. When we got home, I left them in the car. It wasn't too hot or too cold. They'd both wake up when the best time arrived, and they never would grow any mold. Silliness, I know, not growing any mold, but... Writing poetry sometimes isn't easy. Sometimes you have to put in words that make no sense whatsoever. All I'm trying to say is that they weren't in any danger sleeping in the car. I had the windows down and the temperature was mild. If anything, they'd only come out with wrinkled clothes. So what I guess I'm saying is don't send me any letters or text me or tweet me or call the news on me. They were fine. Still... There's always something that can go wrong. And it usually does. Peace and quiet were mine for the time, and then shortly after an hour, the back door slammed shut. There were steps in the house, and everything quickly turned sour. 
I didn't get a chance to get done what I wanted, like watching a full baseball game. Oh, I watched a few innings. Then the noises began. My quiet was over. What a shame. Is that you, Sebastian? I called through the house, but the footsteps had stopped long before. I heard a soft click, then a pop, a whiz, and a shock, and soon followed the grand old guzzler. Oh, no. I then groaned to myself silently. He's woken him back up again. The creature, confused, made a very soft moan, growled softly, took a few steps, and then... Hang on a minute. Did I say that I sighed heavily? Let me look back. No, I said that I groaned, but it really was more of a groan combined with a sigh. Either way, it was filled with exasperation. That's frustration, irritation, and annoyance. Any of those words will do just fine. I wasn't ready for the creature again. Not after what had just happened at the fizz, and I certainly wasn't ready for what was about to... Chickalatow! He ran, giving Bastion a hug, and my brother gave it back in return. Then the funniest thing ever occurred. You'd think that my brother would learn. Zack will chew anything left on the ground. If it's there, you can bet he espied it. So when Sebastian put the creature right there on the rug, you know it was there on his diet. He pounced like a cat, an unusual thing for a golden retriever to be, but excitement was flowing right quick through his veins, and the creature was his easily. If you ask me, that was pretty funny, seeing Chicolito trapped under the paws of a golden retriever, while Zack tried to play with him like he had so many stuffed toys in the past. I probably shouldn't have laughed, but... Seeing the look on the creature's face, that was something I'll not soon forget. He went right for the eye. That's the place that's the best for the dogs to remove all the stuffing. Once the eye has popped out, the insides you see are exciting, almost next to nothing. Stop! Stop! Don't do that! My brother cried out, and he pushed with his very small arm. But Zack thought that it was all just a big game. He sure didn't want to cause harm. He just wanted the stuffing he thought that was there inside of Chicolito's right eye. Besides that, there would be nothing else that would make this crazy dog try to tear into the small multilingual creature that stood there just looking quite grim. He pawed and he sniffed, but the creature had none of the silly game offered to him. He leaped from the floor and onto the head of the crazy dog just standing there. He sat like a rider on top of his skull and pulled on his golden blonde hair. Zack went berserk at the crazy attack of the creature on top of his head. He spun around wildly, barking aloud. Then quickly he turned and he fled. Writing this now at all seems a bit cartoonish, but that's what it reminded me of, a Saturday morning cartoon in all of its lazy glory. Me and my PJs an empty cereal bowl on the ground next to me, being entertained before I would head off to great adventures outside. I have to chuckle inside as I write these words down now. I remember nothing would sway the young Chicolito as he stood up and proudly cried out like a mad cartoon mouse who was as fast as the wind. Andale, andale, he would shout. Oh no. I said softly, but that wasn't enough as the two of them crazily ran into the dining room where the good china was. <sighs> if that got broke, I'd get the tan. Stop, Chicolito, stop, Zack. I ran after the two of them, fast as could be. But they had the speed, and I had slow legs. They could easily both outrun me. Andale, andale! The creature screamed out as he waved his free hand all around. 
I don't know quite how. I wasn't quite sure. But trouble could surely be found inside of this house, inside of this dwelling. The two of them both stormed around. They ran through the den and then up the stairs where more and more trouble was found. I stopped on my running at the base of the stairs. I just couldn't keep up their pace. Then silence came crashing down all over me and horror washed over my face. You know how in a scary movie when more trouble is just around the corner because the scary music stops and the main character at the time stops and the suspense grows and grows and grows until you just can't stand it anymore? That's what happened right here. I half expected to turn around and see an orchestra behind me, the musicians with their instruments at the ready. The conductor would be waiting for the perfect moment when the chaos would begin again so that he could bring down the house with the magnificent score in front of him. What are you doing? I yelled up the stairs and started to take them by twos, then stopped as I realized Sebastian was gone. There was nothing there but his small shoes. Now, cue the soft minor music, foreboding, warning of impending doom. The conductor is hunched over, watching me with one eye and expertly guiding the orchestra with his other. A kettle drum thumped out a single ominous note. I backtracked our steps into the den and then back to the big dining room. I moved through the kitchen and back to the door. The floor, I saw, could use a broom. Thum, thum, thum. The drum continued. Softly, the strings are brought in, inviting the chaos to come, as if bending an inviting finger toward me. There wasn't quite time for me to sweep up. I had to go find my dear brother. Sebastian, I called. Where have you gone? Was he in this room or another? Thum, thum. I moved toward the stairs. I was calling his name. Sebastian! Hey, are you up here? Then I reached the landing, my mouth open wide. The mess was more than I could bear. Thum, thum. The strings increased their chaotic pace as the sheer and utter madness of the situation was close now, just on the horizon. Stuffing was scattered all over the place. The dead toys were scattered around. All of their eyes were no longer attached. They lay mismatched on the ground. Thank goodness it was only toys, I thought, as the other instruments in the orchestra were slowly added to the score, one by one, building and building, crescendoing and crescendoing as I heard a soft growling and decided to see just what Chiclito had done. I soon learned the tale I'll never forget. By no means was he just the one. Zack had taught him in that little time just how to unstuff a small bear, and together they were, joined as a team, working with a whole lot of flair. The quick comic relief of the movie just before the ultimate chaos had arrived. A weak attempt, or hope, that it was all just a hoax and that nothing bad was really going to happen, eased into the movie I was living as I raised my voice slightly. You guys, I began, just look at this mess. Look at the mess you've created. And where is Sebastian, my small wild friends? I don't think that he is elated. They both looked at me with their bright, beady eyes, and I could have sworn they both smiled. Then something so strange and really odd happened, I disbelieved it all the while. 
Chigalito put a cowboy hat on top of his head, then climbed back on top of the dog. Andale, andale! Again came the shout, and Zack hurried off with a jog. Come back here, you two! I called after them, but then never gave it much thought. Instead, I went looking around for Sebastian, because he wasn't quite where he ought to be. The music swelled to a frenzied pace now, as the two troublemakers headed downstairs, and noise I didn't want to hear began to occur. I was torn between going down the steps and trying to stop their madness and trying to find Sebastian. But there really wasn't much of a decision, was there? I couldn't be in two places at once, so I stayed up with Sebastian. The orchestra in my head continued on as if a whirlwind of destruction were taking place. Bastion! Hey, Bastion! I called with a shout and listened without a reply. I walked toward his room and heard a small crunch. I must have stepped down on an eye. Walking into his room, I looked all around. Sebastian was there in a corner. His body was shaking with fear and with fright. He shook as he tried to get warmer. Hey there, young brother. What in the world? What is the trouble with you? I waited and waited for some kind of answer. You know, you look sort of blue. That creature, he stammered. He scares me, he said. I put my hand tight on his shoulder. Sebastian, my friend, you have nothing to dread. Just wait, man. Until you get older, then the boogeyman's bigger in the form of a job, and bills come attacking your door. You get payments and payments almost every day. It's so bad, you fall on the floor. Okay, okay, so it wasn't the best of answers to my little brother's problems. I'm sure I won't get voted parent of the year, but I'm not a parent, so at the time, it was all I had. I'm sorry he scares you, I offered to him. What can I do then to help? Don't let him near me. At least, not quite yet. If he comes near, then I will just yelp. Hmm. I wondered as I turned then to go. I guess that I'll go track him down. If I catch him, that is. I'll keep him downstairs, and we'll kick some ideas all around. Aha! Finally, a chance to set things right before Mom got home. Finally, a chance to shut that thing off and put him in the closet with the rest of the battered and forgotten toys. But then, the drums and the brass sounded out a horrifying note in the orchestra in my head. A horrible, dreadful, horrifying note. We're not getting rid of him, he questioned me sadly. He's really not that bad, you see. Maybe he just needs another good chance. He'll be good, I swear, honestly. I sighed rather heavily then, turning my head toward the ceiling in disbelief. <sighs> I was so close. I hope that you're right, I told young Sebastian. You just said you wanted him gone. Not gone, not yet. Just give him some time to adjust. He can't be all wrong. I shrugged. We'll see. For now, you just wait. I'll go and catch him and our Zack. When we've apprehended those two little buggers, we'll talk about taking him back. I left him alone in his own little room, thinking about all we had done. I just wasn't sure where the whole thing would go, but I knew that he must be the one to decide whether or not to return him. I exited his room, and when I hit the first step going down, the orchestra blared out in a chorus so 
energetically charged that I could feel the nerve endings in my body going wild. My hair stood up on end. My adrenaline pumped. I wanted to scream. What a huge, incredible mess. It was everywhere, upstairs and down. There were eyes and thread. There was stuffing and such, and it was lying all scattered around. I just can't believe it, I spoke to myself. What are you guys doing now? Down all the steps, I went with a bound. When I got to the bottom, yeow! The china I'd hoped that they all would not touch. Whew was not touched that I could see, but the couch and the chairs and the dishes from lunch, that was another story. The couch was not only tipped back on its back, but ripped at the seams there as well. The stuffing inside it and also the chairs was so gone, they just looked like shells. No, 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 no. What was my mother going to say when she got home? Better yet, or worse yet, what was she going to scream? I could hear the frenzy of the orchestra pounding in my head. Or was that the blood in my temples pounding like a bass drum, growing louder and louder? Their pace of destruction was crazy and nuts. They tore all the dishes up next. Pieces of glass scattered over the floor. I wanted to wring both their necks. Stop! Stop, 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 you zany old dog! What are the two of you doing? Zack stopped right then, as if he understood but the creature was just softly cooing. Did he just squint his eyes at me? That newborn creature just squinted his eyes at me like he was taunting me, tempting me to try and do something. I could almost read the thoughts in his mind, hear the small gears in his head, turning with mischievous thoughts. A long, solitary note from the orchestra was sustained, like a a violin or maybe an oboe. As for the creature, the noise he was making, it sounded just like a small little dove. I'm not sure where he got that sound. But he looked up at me with a villainous look. More chaos would soon be around. I tried to reason with him then, my hands out to my sides. Come on, I said softly. Chicolito, let's go. Let's give young Sebastian a break. You and that goofy blonde dog that he has are all starting to make the boy shake. He's scared of you now, my friend Chicolito. You're starting to make him quite sad. And if you are bent on hurting my brother, then I'm probably going to get mad. That was it. The orchestra stopped on a serious downbeat, and I could hear nothing but the heavy breathing coming from the three of us. Zack, Chicolito, and me. Chicolito looked at me with sad, droopy eyes. His bottom lip dropped to the ground. Chicolito bad? He asked me straight up, and then from the dog he climbed down. Zack slinked away like a bad dog will do with his tail tucked between his legs, and I approached Chicolito with off on my mind. Till my brother then started to beg, his voice froze me in my tracks. Where did he come from, and why? I had Chicolito right where I wanted him, close to being shut off. But now, now Sebastian was going to change all of that? I rolled my eyes, sighed once more, and slowly turned in the direction of his voice. Stop! Don't, please. Doug, please don't turn him off. I want to keep him some more. But look what he's done. He's ripped up the house. He needs to go back to the store. No, no, no. 
Bastion stammered as he ran quick to me. I promise I'll watch over him. I sighed as he passed me and took up the creature. For Chicolito, things were looking quite grim. I was sent on at least shutting him down. That much had to be done, right? I'm right, right? Wouldn't you have done the same thing? I can see you there, listener, nodding your head in agreement. But then something happened, something crazy, no doubt. The creature jumped to Bastion's arms. He pulled himself close and gave him a hug. It should have set off my alarms. I should have known that the creature was smarter than that. I should have seen it coming, his conniving ways and his horrible thoughts. But I didn't. And it didn't set off alarms. That I would regret. I buckled. I did. I gave in to them. Okay, I said. Sure, he can stay. But only if he can behave for a while. If not, then he must go away. I started to walk then, clear back to the stairs. I had to go clean up the mess. When Chicolito said something, I'll never forget. Chicolito will help you, I guess. He climbed down from Sebastian and then followed me. He stomped like the creature he was. Then we went upstairs and started to clean. He didn't take time for a pause. He picked up the stuffing and the runaway eyes, and he placed them in our garbage pails. Then he went down to the living room floor and took care of all the details. The couch and the chairs were uprighted again, and the stuffing was quickly put in. And though it wasn't really quite perfect, it seemed like a place to begin. When we got to the kitchen, he turned then to me. Chicolito, je suis désolé. His accent was French, and the words were quite strange, but I thought that he seemed quite sorry. I was speechless. I stuttered, with nothing to say. Then I lowered my head and I kneeled. On the ground in the kitchen, amidst all the glass, the breakfast eggs had since congealed. The orchestra music began again, this time playing that somber music you hear when someone is making amends for the wrongs they have done. I could picture Chicolito crying right now on the big silver screen, begging for forgiveness, crocodile tears welling up in the corner of his eyes, and then dropping to his dark green cheeks. I smiled at the imagery in my mind, well, at least for a brief second. Cue the orchestra. The chase scene is on. There was glass everywhere, and I sighed as I looked. Then I got up to get the dustpan. And it was then that it happened. It started again. Chicolino jumped up on the fan. I felt feet on my back as I slowly stood up, and he leaped to the blades up above. As I turned quick to look at him, smiling up there, <laughs> I knew that there was no more love. He pulled on the chain with a very large grin and then started to spin around. I yelled as I stepped on the glass down below, Sebastian, come get this thing down! He spun in the air, but he spun very slowly, at first, till he pulled on the chain. Then the fan it went faster and faster again and sounded like a hurricane. Sebastian! I called for my brother once more, but he came for I could yell again. What's the matter? My brother started to ask, but stopped raising his voice at me when he saw Chicolito just spinning up there, flying and then flying some more. Don't stand there, my bro. Just flip the switch off. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought that before. I flipped the switch off and the fan it slowed down. But Chicolito caught on to the plan. He quickly let go of the rotating blades and before we could catch him, he ran. Back in the early 1900s, there was a group of movie policemen called the Keystone Cops. 
They were a bumbling bunch of policemen who were always tripping over themselves in everything they did, causing more commotion than they did good. They had their own brand of comedic music, usually something like the infamous Yakety Sax, and as we began to chase after Chicolito, the orchestra in my head began playing that song. This time, the screen door very loudly banged open, and into the garage he then ran. Maybe he made it all up as he went, but it sure seemed like he had a plan. Whatever it was, it was crazy for sure, and he was just frightening and quick. He gathered up tools that were kept in the garage. If the garden was next, oh man, I was sick. No, I screamed out. Not that, please not that. My mother will sure kill us all. But he didn't care, not one little bit. I'm taking you back to the mall. I know that sounds like a childish tantrum from a two-year-old, but it was the first thing that came to my head. And just like a two-year-old, I wanted to stomp my foot and scream. Yet no large amount of wild screaming I did would slow down our bad little friend. Vegetables were now ripped all to shreds, and I knew that this must be the end. It's the end, I said as I passed on my thoughts to the creature who had grown quite deaf to my rantings and ravings, to my screams and my shouts. Chicolito, there is no time left. Well, he heard me, I know, of that I am certain, for he looked up at me and he grinned. And halfway through destroying a carrot, he softly quipped to me, I win. Can you imagine the frustration I felt when he said that? He was acting like the same child I had just been, one who always thinks they have to get their way. I wanted to snap at him, but then I realized that, in reality, he had only just been born. He had just been brought to life. And this, this made me soften up a little bit. The orchestra in my head slowed. I was stunned. I was shocked. I was frightened a bit. I finally moved my two feet, but as I reached down for that young Chicolito, he took off from me down the street. And that, my friends, is when the exasperation finally set in. The best way to describe it was I was exhausted and ready to give up all at the same time. I stood there and sighed as I could do nothing except watch what happened next. Now there's a brown fence that surrounds our big yard. I thought that I had him quite penned, but the smart little creature took up a large hoe, stuck the tip in the ground, and right then he vaulted the fence and flew really high, soaring over the wood very neat. I stomped my foot hard and ran through the yard, through the garage, and then to the street. Chicolita was way down the sidewalk by then. His small legs were working quite fast. Finally, Bastion caught up and then joined me, and the houses just blurred as we passed. Where have you been? I panted and asked him as I breathed very hard, almost dying. I was stuck in the house with our crazy old dog. He's up in my room and he's crying. I think that you might have scared him a bit when you raised your voice up and you yelled. Me? I questioned quite loudly at him. It was them, I replied, and he dwelled. I know. Bastion offered up his words to me. I know that there's something not right, but I can't take him back, at least not right now. Let's give him at least through the night. Through the night? Did he hear what he was asking of me? Still, I could hear the tears in his voice, and I choked up again. I'm pretty sure I'd make a lousy real father, always caving into tears. I thought about what he had said to me about knowing that something wasn't right, and I couldn't believe the thoughts going through my head. Was I actually considering trying to talk Mom into letting this creature stay? 
There was that exasperation again. I so wanted this whole day to be over and Chicolito shut off, but knew that somehow neither one of those was close to being accomplished. At the same time, Sebastian appeared to be really fond of him and was willing to give him more chances than I was, so what could it hurt? <laughs> this, this is what it could hurt. Down at the end of our block there, I saw a T in the road, rather large. Chicolito ran crazy right into the street with utter and sheer disregard. My inside screamed as I'm sure Sebastian's did, and I couldn't look. I thought it was the end of our tale. The orchestra in my head played itself into a horrifying frenzy, and the worst thing that could happen did. A car was roaring down the road right toward Chicolito. It screeched to a stop. Right there, in front of the small creature, and silence fell over the landscape. We waited for what seemed like minutes, but was probably just a few long seconds, and finally the door opened, and out jumped a very young man, maybe a year or two younger than me. His eyes were wide with either fright at almost hitting something, or at seeing a creature in the middle of the road. In my mind, however, all I heard was, phew, tragedy avoided. The orchestra in my head stopped. There was silence as the next scene played itself out in almost slow motion. Chicolito was standing there firmly and straight. His right arm was out, his palm up. He looked like a cop just directing some traffic and the young kid. <laughs> he ran like a pup. He screamed with real fright at the sight of the creature and my heart sank right down to the ground. I ran even harder to grab Chicolito. There would be no driving around. And it was a good thing I got there in time because that's what the creature was thinking. His leg in the door, his foot on the floor, his plan. It was already stinking of mischief and mayhem. Not safety at all. For driving a car all around when you are not even a little bit trained makes for some trouble abound. I still shudder at the thought of that happening. Chicolito driving a car? I say, no way, no how. And if it ever does happen, if these creatures ever do get the chance to drive, well, I hope I'm not around to see it. Come with me now, I then quickly grabbed him. Bastion screamed at me, Doug, watch your grip. Don't hurt Chicolito, please. Doug, don't hurt him. But I didn't care for his lip. Did you see what he did? Did you see it, huh, Bastion? It's time now to shut the thing down. Now show me the switch or I'll find it myself. Either way, that thing can't be around. Sebastian cried hard as he slowly came over and reached out, sad, looking at me. Doug, please, he began, please don't take him back. Chicolito said, I am sorry. Again with sad eyes, he pouted at me and I sighed as I then shook my head. I'm sorry, Chicolito. It has to be done. And he looked at Sebastian with dread. You have to know now that I really didn't want to shut him down, but do you agree that what he was doing was crazy? No matter what you may think, something here wasn't right, and until I figured out what that something was, poor Chicolito had to be stopped. I couldn't take any more of the destruction he was bringing into our lives, and flipping the switch seemed to be the answer. Sebastian then scowled as he reached right behind Chicolito for all then to see. The creature, he lifted his head one more time. Chicolito, je suis désolé. I sighed then with sadness. I hated this scene. 
The driver returned to his car, and as it sped quickly right down the long street, I knew that we had left the scar. The poor young boy, he was scared of us now, and no matter if we met again, the boy would remember the scene in the street, and he would get frightened right then. Let's go, Sebastian. We have a garden to clean, and then we have talking to do. I'm not quite sure what is wrong with your friend, but I'm sure he belongs in the zoo. In the zoo? Sebastian became very sad. You can't do that, Doug. Not at all. If he has to be stopped, if we must do the deed, then at least let's take him back to the mall. Finally, he was finally starting to see the trouble that we were both in. I didn't think that would ever happen. I sighed, relieved, thinking that maybe, just maybe, we were out of the woods. But as we approached the now-ransacked garden, I could hear the telephone ringing from inside the house. You know that expression, things are always calmest before the storm? <laughs> well, it applies here. There was finally some peace and quiet. Chigolito had been silenced in the orchestra in my head. It had stopped playing. I took a deep breath as I picked up the phone and exhaled loudly before answering. I was kind of looking forward to finally beginning to clean up the mess that the creature and Zack had created, but it should have known from the way that the rest of the day had gone that things just weren't going to be okay. I went to the kitchen and answered it up. A girl's voice was screaming at me. Doug, Doug, you must come. Come quickly and help us. This creature is, well, uh, come and see. Ellie? I asked to the handset right there. Yes, Doug, she said. Yes, it's me. Hurry, come to the school right away. This is really something to see. Her voice, it was frantic. Her voice, it was frightened. I didn't know what I should do. But judging from what she was saying to me, there wasn't much time to boo-hoo. The orchestra revved up again for one last finale, and my heart picked up its pace to match. I'll be at the school in a minute, I said. It'll take me some time to get there. Just look in the back of the creature you have. There's an off switch just there by his hair. Hold on, then. I'll check here on Jojo. She paused, and the silence came over the phone. I heard Ellie say, You settle down now. And then there was just a soft moan. A rustle told me she was back on the line, and I said to her, Well, did it work? I found it, she said in the mouthpiece to me. Now, I don't feel at all like a jerk. So what kind of damage did he cause, I asked her, the creature that you must have got. Well... After we saw the one that you had, we went back. They sure cost a lot. Besides, she continued, the young boy, he, he needs it. Jeremy's a troubled child. His parents, they just aren't around much at all, and sometimes he gets a bit wild, but there are a lot of things that he's learned from our time. He learns lots of lessons from me, but oh, this little lesson today, well, I guess was... One he did not need to see. I just didn't know where to begin or what direction to go. I felt horribly responsible. I mean, if we hadn't met at the Fizz, she would have never seen Chicolito, and Jeremy wouldn't have talked her into getting one just like him. I'm sorry. I started to tell her sincerely, but Ellie, she stopped me right there. Well, this isn't your fault, Doug. I ask you, don't worry. It's just that his parents don't care. I thought that this creature might help him, she said. 
and give him a new little friend. I don't understand just what's happened to him. Oh, it's trouble that I cannot mend. First of all, yes, there was a computer. I guess I'll have to fix that. But butter smeared greasily over a keyboard. <laughs> it's going to be tough to combat. And then there's young Jenny McDougal, poor girl. She might never quite be the same. The braid machine thing that pulled her hair out will be in the trash or in flames. Oh, my goodness, I said. Is the poor girl okay, this Jenny um, McDougal girl? She will be, that sweet little Ellie then answered, as soon as she grows back her curls. But that's not the worst of the trouble there was. The preschool will never forget that they are attached right next to the building where the creature came. Oh, they're upset. What happened to them? I then asked her softly. Was it really, I mean, really as bad? Well, bad is a very small word, Doug, you see, compared to the trouble they had. First thing he did was he stole their red wagon. I have to admit that I kind of zoned out there when Ellie began talking. The first thing he did? It wasn't that long ago that I saw her and Jeremy at the Fizz. Just what kind of damage could he possibly have done? But then I thought of Chicolito and Zack and how they tore through the house, and I knew that the answer was nothing short of a lot. Ellie's voice came back into focus again as she continued to list the damage. The swing set, I guess, will need some rebuilding. Some windows will need replaced, too. But most disturbing of all in this nightmare is the way that he looks up at you. When you scold him, she began. But I quickly replied, he puts on those deep, deep, sad eyes. I really can't stand when they rise up to meet me. It's like he's in a disguise. That's exactly the truth. She answered right then, and now all her confidence grew. She had found someone else, exactly like her, someone else in this world who knew too, knew what the creature torment had been like, what kind of chaos it caused. And I heard her deep breath, slowly rising and falling, as she took one more in and then paused. I have to admit that I felt kind of responsible for what had happened. Could it have been without my interaction at the Fizz? Sure. But I think that seeing us there started something in little Jeremy that could not be stopped. Despite my deep yearning to go back to the mall to turn Chicolito in, I knew that I had something else to do first. You want my help? I asked very quickly of Ellie before she could ask me again. Oh, I sure could use someone here with me, Doug. Let me know when you might have a pen. I'll give you the address to get to the school. I already know where it is. You do? She asked as she seemed to forget. Just down where we met at the Fizz. That's the one, she replied rather frantically. I'll be waiting here as calmly as I possibly can, although that's going to take a lot of effort. Okay, I'll be there in a few short minutes. We hung up and I looked at Sebastian. Let's go, Bastian. We have to take him back. Sebastian looked up at me quite sadly then and produced a pillowcase he had taken from his bed. He loaded Chicolito into it and flung him carefully over his shoulder. I'm ready to go, Doug, he told me quite softly, and I slowly opened the door. We both made it out of the house one more time and started our trip to the store. I swallowed hard and then put my arm around Sebastian's shoulders. I tried to lighten the mood by telling him about Ellie, hoping he would realize 
that this was giving him more time with Chicolito, but I wasn't sure he was listening. First, we must go and see Ellie and Jojo and poor little Jeremy, too. It seems that they both had some really bad luck. Jojo ripped up the place through and through. She bought him one? Cool. Apparently, he was listening. Sebastian was briefly excited, but then could see by the look in my eyes that it really wasn't cool at all. He quickly became serious, holding Chicolito tight around his chest. There must be something really wrong with the creatures that were sold just today at the store. Maybe bad hearts or bad brains or electrics or worse, maybe some bad gazor. I smiled at him and his now silent creature and realized for sure he was right. If we could get both of them back to the store, then it might all just come out right. I started the car and we drove on contently. The creature was silent again. It was me right here with my now saddened brother, with tears in his eyes, Sebastian. And Chicolito, too. Phew! That's it for this episode of What Ellie Saw. That was a lot. I hope you are continuing to enjoy the story and the series, and I look forward to seeing you here again as we go into Section 3 of Book 2. There we get to see what actually happened at the school. And I can tell you right now, it was something else. Plus, it was the beginning of where we learn of the GOT. What's the GOT, you ask? Hmm. Well, you'll just have to come back and find out. So, once again, thanks for coming, and I'll see you here for the next section of What Ellie Saw. <laughs>